It isn't easy to raise a girl today with so many competing voices in our culture, not to mention in our Christian circles. If you're involved in raising a girl today, you don't want to miss this interview with Becca Merkel. Stay tuned for Basecamp Live. Mountains, we all face them. Basecamp Live will equip you to conquer the biggest mountains when raising the next generation. Each week, you'll hear from culture watchers, thought leaders, and storytellers who know the tools you'll need to summit the peak and shape exceptionally thoughtful, compassionate, and flourishing human beings. Welcome to Basecamp Live, and now your host, Davies Owens. Today on Basecamp Live, I have the privilege of interviewing Becca Merkel. Becca has dabbled in a number of occupations ranging from running her own clothing label to designing fabrics to becoming a full-time high school humanities teacher. Her designs have been featured in a number of magazines and she has edited a British lit curriculum for Canon Press. But by far, her proudest accomplishment is her crew of five outrageous, hilarious, high-speed teenage children. And her favorite role is that of wife to her similarly outrageous, hilarious, and high-speed husband, Ben Merkel. The interview is done live at the ACCS conference in Pittsburgh. I hope you'll enjoy this interview. I know I sure did. Here's Becca Merkel. Well, we are here with Becca Merkel at Basecamp Live in the middle of the ACCS conference. You hear all the noise behind us. Becca, welcome. Yes, thank you. Thanks I'm, so much. I, I'm so excited to have you. Are, you're a professional podcaster yourself. <laughs> Don't put that on my resume. Well, you're, you're a podcaster, so you, you're, you're no stranger to the microphone. How long yeah. have you been podcasting? Um, maybe six months, Okay. I would say, that, yeah. yeah, with my sister. And it's funny. We go sit in the car, drink a coffee, and chat, and it is that very, sounds, it's, very unscripted. And that's why people love it. There's no, uh, there's no stiff script you're following. You're and just I don't talking turn about the life. engine off. That's the other problem. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you were... You, there's so much we could talk about. You have, uh, you're a great writer as well. There's a, a book that you've had out. You wrote Eve in Exile. How long has Eve in Exile been out? Uh, that came out in the fall, so okay. September-ish, yeah. maybe? So, yeah. you know, I was, I was saying before we started, it's interesting in our classical Christian school world, I've, I've had several conversations with, with, really with moms who've come up and said, hey, I know I get what we're doing, but I'm trying to explain this to my neighbor or the person I go to church with, and they're, yeah. they're fearful that we are somehow raising up young girls that are, uh, you know, kind of Little House on the Prairie girls. And there's a there's a pretty heavy yeah. message. And you unpack in this book, Eve in Exile, really, I think, a, a wonderful balanced view of feminism and uh, of where feminisms come from and where we want, where femininity yeah. should be. Right. So, and I, anyhow, I, I would just love to hear your take. Obviously, you know, you grew up in the Wilson household. Yes. You were at the epicenter of all of this classical yes. Christian school stuff. So you've seen it from yeah, the best and worst of it, probably. Yeah, yes. yeah, that's true. And um, and I've been sort of the object of lots of liberals' pity, you mm. know, about oh those poor oppressed women in the Wilson house. Yes, which is always hilarious to me. Like it's the funniest thing ever. Just washing and, dishes and wearing skirts. And, right yeah, <laughs> and it's like I I don't know. Um, educating women has never usually been a sign of oppression historically. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's a funny thing, you know, to have people feeling like that's what's, that's what's going on. Yeah. Like, you really have to just decide to not look closely right. if you want to hold right. that opinion. Well, so. and, I, well and, and maybe unpack a little bit again. I can't commend the book enough, but just for those listening, you talk in the book about this 
moment in history in which we're in where even probably the most more conservative Christian women out there are probably somehow buying into some of this narrative. Yeah, and I think there's this sort of false dichotomy that's happened where um, liberals have claimed sort of their territory as we're the ones who educate women, we're the ones who liberate them. Right. This is where they can have freedom. And if you're over on the right, that means, you know, you're oppressed, you don't have a voice, you're mistreated and all that kind of thing. And it's just not true. There's <clears throat> there's just um, so much evidence to the contrary, but there's a, there's a line there. There's the propaganda that everybody wants to... Um, wants to go with and then unfortunately I think lots of people on the conservative side actually buy into it and mm. they believe it too so then they start embracing it and thinking yeah all women need to do is have babies and right. clean the house and so we don't need to educate them and they, they think that they're having this uh, sort of blow for traditional values but it's just bonkers it's right. like they've bought into the liberal thing even though they, even though they would even though they think, think they're, they're working rejecting totally against it. It. Right. right, right. And so I've always thought it's funny that sort of the extreme conservatives that do think girls don't need to really have much of an education sure. and, you know, you should wear prairie dresses and, you know, whatever. That side actually does totally agree with the liberals on what, you know, yeah. on what that looks like. It's just they react to it emotionally on a different level. So they embrace it and the liberals reject it, but they both bought the same line. Interesting. So. Yeah, that's very interesting. So to be clear, you're, the, the goal of wearing skirts in a classical Christian school is not to reinforce that girls are unequal or somehow <laughs> yeah. second class yeah. citizens and yeah. they should wear pants. I think right. most of our schools actually offer pants, but they're not really attractive and so girls yeah. don't want to wear them anyhow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah. why is even exile? Um, so, like, why the name? Why yeah, did where did that come that? from? What? Well, well, yeah, why the name? That was, we went maybe a publisher thing, about but yeah. that. But, well, no, just trying to come up with what was it I was trying to capture with this. And, um, and of course, I love the, um, oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've always thought the end of Milton's Paradise Lost is such a striking image of them just walking out of the garden into this blank right. world, you yeah. know that they have to conquer. So I think um, <clears throat> that was probably in the back of my mind, that idea of just here we are, you know, in exile yeah. in some way, and then, but with a job that we need to, to rebuild, yeah. reclaim. And so also the sort of the Nehemiah idea of being in exile and coming back, needing to rebuild the walls. And come back, so, so yeah. yeah. And so you, in your, maybe for folks that don't know you, um, you have how many kids? Five. Five kids. Five children. So if you check the box, yeah. you're full, full out, all out <laughs> yes. mom. Yes. But you've also had a, a you know, in various enterprises. So talk about yeah. your your fabric business and design work. Oh Was, yeah. What have you done there? Um. So I had a, a clothing line for a few years uh, for little girls because I had little girls at the time. And uh, we were living in England, so that was funny. I was. This I was, was. This is Ben was doing his. Yeah, PhD, PhD at, at Oxford. Oxford. Yeah, so and I. You guys were living like in a really little flat or something, right? Was that the square actually, or house? Actually, we or? had we had a fabulous place. It was a little oh. farmhouse in the country, but, um, yeah, it was it was funny. It was funny accommodations. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I had a, a clothing line, and then that rolled into designing fabric for a company in New York, and wow. and um, 
then that turned into sewing patterns and so forth. So it was so a lot of fun. You're really the Proverbs 31 woman with the purple, <laughs> purple cloth, the whole yeah. thing going. Yeah. yeah, there wasn't a lot of purple, but yes. Yes, sure. But I'd say that because I think that's, again, an interesting part of the story that, again, you're the product of, you're kind of practicing what you're preaching. You're right. full out mom, right. full out wife, full out business. This isn't right. running It doesn't the, mean you have to just stay at home and make casseroles and that's all. Sure. Yeah. Although casseroles, I guess, are good yeah. to eat sometimes. <laughs> I did I did know a girl one time, though, who's about my age, who um, her dad didn't want her to be educated, yeah. and she wasn't allowed to really read. And I remember saying one time, like, oh, oh and it was also, you don't need math, because you yeah. don't need to know that to be a mom. And I was like, what if someday you want to double a recipe? Answer me that. Yeah, you need, you need something to try to... <laughs> that clapping, by the way, sorry, isn't for you and me. That's actually the... Uh, we could pretend it was. We could pretend there's a crowd of people <laughs> clapping for us. Yeah, we're right next to the main, main hall here. So yeah, so every every kid should learn. Well, uh, being well educated yeah. is is a gift. Yeah. Um, you you commented in the book that this is the best time um, because everything is basically um, you know knocked over in this great war. There's almost like yeah. a big reset going on yeah. culturally. Talk about yeah. that. What's going on? What do you see there? So I feel like um, really there are no more cultural expectations for women. Like, the feminists are fighting against I don't know what anymore. Like, I don't think they know what anymore, which is why they've gotten confused and feel like transgendered rights is feminism. And, you know, because like, right. no, there isn't any oppression of women. Right. Um, you know, if, if a woman wants to do something in our country, she can do it. Sure. It's, nobody's going to tell her to go home because she's a woman. Right. And... Um, Although the March on Washington thing sure made it sound like I know there was just some oppressive, horrible and thing going on. I know. And of <laughs> course, there are stupid guys out there. Right. But it's not like that's the institution. Sure. And so um, I feel like we're, we're pushing against nothing, really. And, yeah. the, and that's the challenge for the Christian is um, we will get a lot of hostility if we try to you know reclaim things but it's not going to be the hostility that you know the feminists sure, think sure. is there so i think um we can we can rebuild however we want to because which is the really house interesting is down. yeah because the assumption is that there's this very well well defined well orchestrated movement of feminism that everyone's aligned around yeah. a comment it's not it's just no. it's it's really an anti we're we're pushing yeah. against too many things and yeah. we have nothing to stand for no no nothing at all and so for for the girls that are coming through these k-12 classical christian schools the vision that you see them being given is one of being you know fully fully formed woman of god not yeah. not a yeah and one who can think for herself and question the party line about yeah. what is feminism and is it good for us Isn't and what has yeah. it done for women. And, the very and thing that <laughs> seems like the feminist wants, the very thing that we're actually doing is we're empowering women to be free thinking and exactly. to solve problems and to yeah, exactly. not just follow the rhetoric yeah, of the day. And not just listen to them because yeah, they said to. Exactly. Right. And I think a lot of people kind of assume um, that first generation feminists were, you know, the first wave yeah. were really good and then somehow it went off the rails and and um, and I think educating women to learn how to read history and connect dots and see implications of ideas and I think there's a lot of disturbing stuff that's been going on a lot longer yeah. than the 60s sure I guess it comes um, way back 
Well, I'm with Becca Merkel. We're here um, at the ACCS conference talking about her book, Even Exile, and just looking at where are, what's the vision for young women today in these classical Christian schools. And it's anything but oppressive. It's, yes. it's very empowering, actually. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. I want to talk with you, Becca, a little bit about another book you've just come out with, um, kind of an insider's view of classical education from almost really written yeah. for students, yes. which is exciting. So okay. we'll be right back. For 21 years and counting, New St. Andrews College has sought to obey Christ great commission to disciple nations and build him a house. Not just in Jerusalem, but throughout the world. Not with stones and mortar, but with living stones. We build and fight. This is the task of a Christian liberal arts college, to equip students with the tools to build and fight. And this is our joyful task as we seek to graduate leaders who shape culture through wise and victorious living. To learn more, check us out online at nsa.edu forward slash explore. Okay, well we're back after the break here with uh, Becca Merkel, um, talking about uh, her, your book, Eve in Exile, and just I just hope it's encouraging to women out there that if you've got a girl at a classical Christian school, that's a good thing. Yeah. And if anything, I think we sometimes battle that maybe for another day's discussion is where do boys fit in, because I think sometimes the assumption is these schools are really for girls, but they're, yeah. girls are going to be fine. Yeah. Um, I am really excited. You, you're getting, so you wrote the Even Exile just this past year, yeah. and now you've written, so I don't know how you're doing this. You're writing, you're <laughs> between the kids and the books and keeping up with Ben. I don't know. That's pretty impressive. So I'm holding my hands, Classical Me, Classical V, Squander Not Thine Education. Um, why did you write this book? What's the story here? Well, um, so I've been teaching at a classical school in Moscow for the last seven years. Um, teach mostly upper high school um, lit history, apologetics, rhetoric. Um, so I realized after a few years that the students, after having gone through the whole thing, yeah. um, you know, they're just about coming out the other end of the shoot and and they're a little bit hazy on what is this classical education thing because lots of them have never known anything different. Right. So it's kind of all very normal. And I realized, you know, everybody tries to sell the parents on mm-hmm. why is this matter, what's important about this. But, the, you know, usually you don't pick where you go to kindergarten. That's something your parents do. Although I'm starting to see some of these and, younger parents like <laughs> lay it out. That's Fruit true. Loops, Cheerios, that's true. school you want to, yeah, it's kind of crazy. But you're right, exactly. in general, right. Especially if you're in a classical school, yeah, it's probably not get, because you picked it. No. And um, and so I realized even the kids who are really loyal to it, they they kind of vaguely know mm-hmm. what's important about it. Um and, and it's not because they have a problem with it. It's just that they don't, they couldn't articulate it, right. really. And, of course, as a teacher, I get the question all the time. Why, why are we learning this? Why are this? we doing this? You know, when will this ever help us right. in our future life? Because a lot of it can seem like it's not super practical. Right. And, of course, Latin is the constant one, right. you know. Right. Yeah. Followed by logic, Laugh, followed by, right. <laughs> it's not like you're going to have to ask a Roman centurion, right. where's the bathroom? Right. You know, and so yeah. you'll need your Latin. Sure. Um, so why why do it? So I just tried to write it straight to the students. This is what you're going through. I went through a classical school. My kids currently are in one. I teach in one. I feel like I've yeah. been around classical high school Which students. Which is great. And I love the, I thought you actually wrote that on there on the front cover, four students from a former yeah. student. Yeah. It looks, exactly. it's like here, and it's very, what is this the, uh, you, you comment at the beginning, this should not feel like another literary project. This should be yeah. a short read. Yeah, it's short. It's it's chatty. It's, Get, which is great. And yeah. I, I just, again, I, you know, one of the great 
burdens I know as a parent, and I, you know, even though I'm an administrator in a classical Christian school, I have my own kids that are asking yeah. the exact same questions, yeah. and it's fair. And the difficulty, of course, is that we're a consumer culture, and we want to insulate our kids from that, but they still see their education as something that they can have a big voice in. And, and, yeah. and what we hear quite often is that parents will select, to your point a moment ago, a kindergarten and maybe say, hey, I, I'm just making a K-6 decision, we'll reevaluate. Yeah. And that's more and more the case. And so we mm -hmm. see these kids that are 6th, 7th, 8th grade being asked, hey, why don't you, where, where do you want to go? Sure. And they look over, you know, out the window and it's like, well, down the street they don't really wear uniforms and the girls are cuter and there's a football team and I don't have yeah. to do any homework. Like, why would you? there's a prom. There's a yeah. prom. And yeah. all of a sudden, all of these things yeah. that kind of the currency of kids becomes mm -hmm. the deciding factor. Yeah. And this is the most difficult thing is then you've got prom going on and we're going to go do Latin. I mean, yeah. it's like, yeah. how can we even compete in this arena? No. And, and I think then too, when people tend to, when the kids question it, like give them Dorothy Sayers article to read or right. something, which is actually a little bit patronizing if you yeah. think about that, because if you are in one of those stages she describes, it's like you're the specimen that's under yeah. the yeah. under the microscope. Right. And, it's like, and, and when you're in that, you, you don't see it. You're like adults can look back and say, oh, look right. at the phases of childhood yeah. development and stuff. And it's interesting to adults to, to say that, but to a student, that's yeah. not a very compelling Sure. Thing. Sure. And, you know, it's so so. So, so <laughs> if you had if you had one of your intended audience, these students, and I'm looking you know, on the table of contents, you're addressing everything from Latin literature, logic, rhetoric, worldview analysis, math, history, trivium. But if you had a student say, what would you what would you single out, or maybe what would be the top two things? Like if if I'm that kid that's sort right. of going. I like prom, and I don't want to wear the uniforms, and I don't have any idea why I need to write so much or read so much. What would you? What would you? How would you sort so, of inspire this new vision in me? You know, I think um, probably if it was just one brief thing, I would say um, if you compare it to like a basketball game or something. Okay. Um, I can imagine a, a player telling the coach. I have never seen anyone do push-ups in a game ever. Like I've never seen anybody have to do a wall sit. I've never had seen anybody run a suicide during That's a, a basketball game. So I don't see how this will ever help me as a basketball player. And it's drills, and it's getting you to the point where, when you're in the game, these habits you know have been how to react. Right, it's yeah. second nature. Yeah, and so it's just. But if you don't ever tell them what it's about, what it's for, what are you practicing for? How will it help you sure. in the game? Um, then I could see the kids feeling like this is disconnected. Sure. There's no reason Nothing for any of life. this. Right. Yeah. And, um, and so I think if you look at it as drills that are training you to be a particular kind of person, mm -hmm. and what is that person like, and is that the kind of person I want to be, um, and then if I, you know break it down, how does this help me become that kind so, of person? So pick one and just give me a specific example. I mean, what, what drill do you think many kids stumble over, and what sort of the other than... I mean, I understand philosophically this is going to help me in the game, yeah, even though I don't get sure. to... What, what would be one that would... So um, Latin is one that seems harder for people, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. um, and so I think I spend a little bit more time maybe on, on Latin in the book. Sure. I, um, because that seems to be the thing that people question. And often when, when giving the reasons for Latin, it's like, well, it will help your English vocab. Or your SAT scores will SAT improve. SAT scores very, will improve. very pragmatic exactly. answer. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and I think 
so I, I talk a little bit in there about like what language actually does. Mm. It helps us to think more precisely when we when we know a new word. So the example I stole this from my husband when he talks to high school students. I won't but tell him. Yeah, then okay. we'll just keep this quiet. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you think about the word deja vu, mm. if you didn't know what that was, you didn't have a word for it, but it happened to you mm-hmm. on a regular basis, it would be very unsettling, right? Because mm-hmm. you would know what was going on and it would seem really weird. But as soon as somebody says, oh, that's deja vu. Right. You don't have to have a scientific explanation. You, you just, now you just have a little like hook to hang it on in your yeah, head, and then yeah. when it happens, it's like, oh, it's deja vu. It's okay. And so it helps you to like name the sensation. You you filed it now. It's mm-hmm. like it's a it, and so it brings sort of order to your mind. So studying another language broadens us in a way because every language you sure. know is yeah looks at life a little bit different so it forces you to look more precisely at the world around you and latin of course is fantastic because it's very methodical and sure. it's very um, precise yeah. yeah and so it's it's making your mind more precise it's making <laughs> <laughs> it's mental push-ups yes it's, um, yeah, yeah. it's mental push-ups but it's it's bringing order to your mind and so even if you forget every latin exercise you ever did and you don't remember anything your mind has actually been sure made more precise it's so it's putting a sharper edge on your blade um but even and that's by the way tim griffith had a wonderful interview a couple weeks ago talking about latin and and actually even i was encouraged i thought to the level of something i hadn't really thought about he said if you want to be an expert computer programmer and sort of lean yeah. into the technology mm-hmm. world, start with Latin. Yeah. So, I mean, there are all these, yeah. and a lot of these are very practical. So I think the hard thing, again, is we're competing with the more superficial, the yeah. kid that gets to yeah. play the sports and team or go to the prom. And this isn't, yeah. you have to be a pretty, you have to kind of own your life and your your education probably yeah. to really yeah. value that. But I yeah. love how you're presenting it. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, and I try, and actually in the book, I stay away a little bit from those kinds of things okay. just purely because a kid's going to be like, well, I don't want to be a computer right, programmer. That's what I'm, right. I want to be a realtor. Right. And then it's like, what good will Latin do me then? And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's actually, it's making you um, more precise. You know how to put things into words more precisely right. than somebody else. Because even if you forget all the Latin you ever had, right. it has it has turned you into a different kind of person. So sure. it's beneficial for that reason. Because they would say, I need Spanish because my customers are yes. Span- they're speaking Spanish. Yes, so I mean, exactly. it's a very surface yeah. level pragmatic right. understanding. And, and of course, you know, other languages, no matter what it is, that has the same effect, yeah. you know, sure. in that reason. But then there, of course, there's many yeah. other reasons to learn Latin first. Sure. And and those are all. No, this is know, great. Well, I hope, I hope we can get this book out to as many students yeah, as possible yeah classic me classic v that's a fun title <laughs> squandering my education so how do yeah. folks find if they want to know more about your books and your podcast and oh the back yeah. marker world how do they find you um so canon press okay um they can do either of my books from canon press are these on amazon and, too uh, are they? yeah they okay. should be on amazon this one is still in the pre-release okay. phase okay so um coming it should soon be, yeah okay should be out soon. and your your podcast is where where do they find uh, out a podcast is on the new st andrews Okay. Um, page, and yep. then we we have a Facebook. We shoot out a link to. There's Great. a what have you is okay. the name of the podcast because we talk about what have you. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know. You kind of cover we, a lot of ground on that title. Yeah, yeah. Before we get in the car, we're not sure. So. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Well, it's just good to be able to chat. Well, I we've yeah. enjoyed having you here on well, Basecamp Live. So we'll have it's to have great. you back and come yeah. talk more. 
help uh, help help guide our, our young women and help our students appreciate more this yeah. great education they're getting. Yeah, so, thank all right, you. good to be Thanks with you. So Have a good morning. All okay. right, you too. Thanks. Thank you for joining us for today's show. If you'd like to hear more episodes like this one, or ones you may like even more, go to basecamplive.com to subscribe and engage in the conversation. We always welcome your ideas for future topics and guests. Join us next week, and remember, when raising the next generation, you don't have to climb alone.